The reading um, today is from Luke chapter 1, and it's verse 39. It's on the back of your service sheet. In those days, Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judea, and she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me that the mother of the Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there, were, that there would be fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. What I hope to uh, get across this evening, the, the aim, I guess, of this message is that all of us gathered in this room will grow in joy and faith as the Spirit points us to Jesus. That is my hope, that we'll all grow in joy and faith as the Spirit points us to Jesus. At, at Foundation Church, I, I hope that we will become more and more renowned for being a gospel-centered church, which means that we center ourselves around Jesus and all he has done for us. I hope that we'll become renowned for being a Spirit-led church, which means that we are expectant and hopeful and, and, and experiencing the work of the Holy Spirit among us. And that we're a community that is on mission, sent out by Jesus to go and bring the good news to the ends of the earth. And so as a church, we want to become the kind of people, by God's grace, that we are growing in joy and faith every time we gather, every time we do what we do on a Sunday and throughout the week as well. But here, especially in this little text, our aim is that we will grow in joy and faith as the Spirit points us to Jesus. Um, we have just heard, uh, Sharon has read to us from uh, Luke chapter 1. All the readings so far this evening have come from Luke chapter 1. And, and as part of uh, the beginning of the Gospel of Luke and the, the, the known as the infancy narratives, which is really just a fancy way of saying it's the story, so it's, the, it's the narrative about Jesus and how he came to earth, how he came to be born. And uh, Luke um, starts off his gospel account by saying that he has gathered all this information together, all these facts, and he has presented them to his friend, this man called Theophilus, we don't know anything about him except for his name, that he might have, this is from Luke chapter 1, certainty concerning the things that you've already been taught. So the purpose of Luke in this whole gospel, and we see it here as well, is that he wants his friend, he already sort of understands at some level the gospel of Jesus, he wants him to have certainty. He wants that, that truth about Jesus to go deeper inside his heart and his mind. And so Luke sets about presenting the facts, as he sees it, of Jesus and his teachings and the key things that stick out about him so that his faith might deepen and his joy might increase. That's the purpose of this message. That's the purpose of Luke. And we're going to look at this little snapshot as part of the infancy narratives that, that the Sharon's just read to us, these six verses from Luke 1, verse 39. The story so far, we haven't caught it in this scripture so far, but the story so far is that the angel Gabriel has shown up, has appeared to Mary and said to Mary, young Mary, he said, you are favoured, you are highly thought of by God and you're going to conceive by the power of the Holy Spirit, you're going to have a baby, even though you don't have a husband. And he's going to become the Messiah. 
That baby is going to have a kingdom that will have no end. He's going to be the son of David and he is going to be great and he's going to save his people from their sins. And Mary responds, this beautiful line, verse 38. You don't have it on your sheet. She says, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. She hears this, almost like this mission impossible line. You know, your mission, Mary, should you choose to accept it. And Mary responds with this beautiful, innocent faith. Let it be to me according to your word. And so then we come to this section here uh, that we've read together. And what we're going to do is we're going to look at the two characters that seem to feature most in, in the narrative. Elizabeth and Mary. First of all, let's look at Mary for a second. Mary... It says in verse 39, in those days, around that time, that is, got up and went with haste to go and see Elizabeth. Went with haste, or she went immediately, urgently. Probably uh, it took a few days for her to get away from Nazareth to the hill country of Judah where Elizabeth lived. Of course, mostly travel would have been on foot, so it would have taken quite a few days. It might have taken us an hour or so, a couple hours in the car. But anyway, off she went. And she thought to herself, Mary that is, I've got to get to Elizabeth. We're not told specifically in the text why she wanted to get there, but let's just not forget, she's had this amazing revelation from God, this this angel has appeared to her and and, and said you're going to bear a son without having a husband and he's going to become the Messiah. He's going to save his people from their sins. And perhaps Mary would have thought to herself, you know what, my parents are not going to understand. They're not going to get it. They're not going to agree with me. They're not perhaps very spiritual. They would find that message that I've just received incredibly hard to swallow. And so perhaps that was the reason why Mary left to go to Elizabeth. Mary knew, of course, that Elizabeth was already pregnant. Gabriel, the angel, had told her so. Elizabeth herself had a similar encounter with the angel Gabriel a few verses earlier. And so perhaps the two women had this sort of shared experience and Mary thought to herself, I've got to get with Elizabeth. I've got to talk to her. I've got to share with her. I've got to get this stuff off my chest because she gets me. She is someone who understands what I'm about to say. It sounds crazy to my family and my friends and my people in Nazareth, but I know Elizabeth will get me. And so it says, Mary got up and went with haste to go and see Elizabeth. Just someone that I can check in with. Someone that I can offload to, who understands me. That's Mary. Let's look at the second character then, as we build up a picture of what's going on here. Elizabeth. If you you read uh, Luke chapter 1 from the very beginning, you'll already have met Elizabeth. Elizabeth. Um, and her husband, Zachariah, it says there in verse 6 and 7 of, of chapter 1 that they are both very righteous people before God. They were walking blamelessly in all the commands and statutes of the Lord. That's Bible talk for saying that these old folks, these mature, older people, are godly, wise, God-loving people. They have sought to honour and obey and walk with God their entire lives. We might say in our own language, you know, they are sound people. They're solid. They're not easily flapped. They're not easily freaked out. 
They are experienced followers of God. They knew the word of God. Zachariah was a priest, we're told. And so Mary thought to herself, I've got to get alongside Elizabeth. They're, they're related somehow. Some people think they were cousins. I've got to get to her. She's going to understand me. Elizabeth has, has been there. She's walked the walk. We need people like Elizabeth, don't we, in our, in our churches. We need people that we can go to, we can run to, we can open up to. We can share our deepest thoughts and feelings with. We can, we can go to and get our heads checked. We need Elizabeths in the church. So there we have it, Mary and Elizabeth. Mary is probably very young, possibly in her sort of early teenage years, maybe 13, 14, 15, something like that. We don't know exactly how old Elizabeth was, but she was advanced in years. She couldn't have children. So she may have been 60s in her 70s, maybe even older. We're not sure. So let's look then at the responses. What actually happened when these two women came together? Let's turn to Elizabeth. The text tells us that we've just read. It says, um, even almost when uh, Mary came near to the house, it says in verse 41, when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leapt in her womb and the Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Later on in verse 44, she says, the baby leapt for joy within me. And there's so much that we can almost unpack in that little phrase right there. It tells us uh, that, that, that Elizabeth, the older woman, was in her sixth month of pregnancy. So she's already starting to show. Uh, she's probably, I don't know, 20, 24 weeks gestation, something like that, out of 40. So she's about two-thirds of the way there, give or take. And this baby within her leapt for joy when it heard the greeting of Mary coming into the house. And it says that she was filled with the Holy Spirit. We already know from earlier in the scripture that, 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 that Elizabeth, this older, wiser, mature woman, is a woman of character. She's a woman with a great godly reputation. But then it says that she was filled with the Spirit. And, and, and what that means is that Elizabeth was, was stirred up all of a sudden, that she was heated up, intensified. And she declared this sort of inspired declaration, this, this pronouncement of truth and blessing on Mary. You are blessed. Do you notice? There was no way that Elizabeth could have known any of what had happened to Mary. This engagement that she had with the angel Gabriel. There is no way that Elizabeth could have known all that had it not have been for the Holy Spirit guiding her, filling her. It was Mary's voice after all. They didn't even have a chance to sit down for a cup of tea and a bit of small talk. When she heard the greeting from Mary, she was filled with the Spirit and cried out, blessed are you and blessed is the fruit of your womb. Blessed is your child, O Mary. Love that. She had this sudden, intense download of information, of knowledge, and she erupted in praise and blessing and Folks, that is just what Mary needed to hear when she got to the house of Elizabeth. We'll see that in a minute. What did, what did Elizabeth actually say to her? Well, she blessed her, didn't she? Three times we hear that word blessed 
coming up. Blessed are you, she says, among women in verse 42. Blessed is the fruit of your womb. In other words, blessed is the child that you have inside you. And verse 45, blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken from the Lord. That is blessed is the person who has believed in what God has told her. You're blessed, Mary. See what you're carrying within you. See the role that you're playing. You are greater than all women. Even Eve, the first woman, even Sarah, even Rebecca, even Rachel, even Esther, Queen Esther, you're greater than all of these women because of what God is doing in you. You're going to bring forth the Messiah. You're going to bring forth the chosen one of Israel. How, how special are you, Mary? How blessed are you? How great is your faith when the angel spoke to you and you believe straight away? Folks, can you see what happens when, when the gospel of Jesus, the good news of Jesus, when it is fired up by the Holy Spirit, how it provokes so much joy among God's people? This thrill, this exhilaration. How great was Elizabeth's joy in this episode? This outburst of praise. She can't believe it. Look, what is it that the mother of my Lord has come to visit me? That was Elizabeth's response. Spirit-filled blessing. Mary's response. How would you have felt if you were Mary going to Elizabeth? Mary was built up. She was blessed three times over. She was affirmed that all that stuff that the angel Gabriel had told her was for real. It wasn't because she had too much cheese the night before and had some sort of crazy vision. Elizabeth settled Mary in her calling. She affirmed to Mary that she is not crazy, that she has heard from God rightly. It wasn't just a dream. This mature, wise, righteous, God-loving woman, full of faith, full of the Holy Spirit, affirmed what Mary had experienced. Mary was fortified in her faith. She was bolstered in her belief. She was confirmed in her calling when she went to see Elizabeth. Summary. The gospel provides joy and faith in the spirit-filled community. Joy and faith. And we see that in Mary and we see that in Elizabeth. So let's think about us then. What do we take away from this text, this interaction between these two women, this incredible one-off, special, never-to-be-repeated-again experience? What can we take as we read this scripture together as a church? Well, it is my conviction that healthy, spirit-led churches need a lot of Elizabeths in their churches. Elizabeths are critical to the mission of the local church. In one sense, we are all called, as, as, as members of the local church, we're all called to encourage one another. And we do that. I hear it. I know it. You do that. But there are some who have a unique gifting and a unique insight and ability to be Elizabeths to other people. And I'm not just talking about women here, by the way. 
We, we've got a great model, great spirit-filled people, and they're, they're both women, but this applies to everyone, male and female. Some of you are Elizabeths. And, and whether we call it prophecy or words of encouragement or words of exhortation or words of knowledge, they're all kind of added together in this, this, this model of this person, Elizabeth. And we need Elizabeths in our church. Elizabeths are people who see God at work in others around them. They, they, they are people who see the blessing of God going on in other people's lives. They see the work of the Spirit going on in other people's lives. Elizabeths have an especially acute awareness of what God is doing in other people. And so for us to become a healthy, gospel-centered, spirit-led church, we need Elizabeths to say what they see, to pronounce blessing and affirmation when they see God at work in other people. If you see God at work in someone else in your church, Elizabeth, the rest of us need you to speak that truth to other people. Note, Elizabeth is a person of character and reputation. She is a go-to person for young Christians, not just those who are perhaps young in age, although it might be young in age, but those who are young in their faith. Elizabeth is an experienced, wise person of character and reputation. She doesn't need to add it to her Twitter profile. She doesn't need to blurt it out and say, hey everybody, I'm wise, I'm mature. That's not the point. If you are wise and mature and godly and righteous, then people will see that in you. But if you have this deepened sense that you can see God at work in other people, then you need to say what you see. You need to pronounce blessing just like Elizabeth did. You may even experience a, a, a uh, let's just say, a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit like Elizabeth did in this text to further empower you, that intensifies and magnifies the insights that you have into people's lives at certain times and in certain situations. Not always, but sometimes you may have that. Can you see, folks, how Elizabeth's can be such a blessing to the local church, especially to young Christians, to those who are hearing God speak, who are, who are grappling with his word. And, and Elizabeth gets to support and deepen what God is doing in the lives of one another. I have experienced personally the ministry of other Elizabeths who have spoken to me words of truth and life who have affirmed me in my calling at certain times that have been mission critical to me. And maybe that's something that you need as well. You need Elizabeths. But don't forget, folks, if you are an Elizabeth, it is not one-way traffic. It is not that you're, the blessing just flows in one direction because as we see here, Elizabeth is so filled with joy when she sees what is going on in the life of Mary. And you, Elizabeths, when you... Take the opportunity to bless and affirm those who you see God blessing and working in. You will get to see the Messiah Jesus in a fresh light. You will have your faith filled and deepened as a result of fanning into flames that which is going on in someone else in the local church. And when you do that, just imagine the momentum, the heat that you add 
to what God is doing among us in the local church. It is beautiful. Some of you are Elizabeths. Some of you are Marys. Some of you are Marys. You have had ideas or thoughts or, or, or a, you believe you've been given a calling from God or, or maybe a word from Him. You've been given a passion. You've been given a vision for something. Some way to make Jesus more famous. Some way to bless His church. But you're not sure what to do with it. Perhaps you even received a calling from him or a passion from him some time ago and you've just struggled. You, you just have ended up burying it because you haven't known how to process that. You just kept it inside and, and, and honestly over time it's just sort of dried up or, 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 or sort of smothered a little bit and you've just forgotten about it and you've moved on and, and, and that's all there is to it. There are some Marys in this room who need the affirmation that they are not crazy. They need to have their f- the f- flames of their passion and vision fanned into a furnace. And maybe that's you. Maybe you're a Mary, and God has given you this, this vision or passion or, 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 or thought or word, and yet you need guidance, you need direction, you need someone with a, a clear mind and a, and a godly heart to, to help you express that and to, to push you in the right direction. And so if you are a Mary and God has laid something on your heart in order to glorify Jesus and serve the local church and beyond, then you've got to get yourself to an Elizabeth. Mary, you need to go with haste. Get up and go with haste. And again, let me affirm, this is men and women here, okay? If your name's not Mary, it applies to you as well. Don't discern what God is doing on your own. Share it with an Elizabeth. Go to an Elizabeth. Go to the Elizabeth and have the opportunity to have your faith deepened, your calling sharpened, your joy enhanced. Because that is what happens when Mary and Elizabeth come together. Can you see, folks, how this will just build momentum and passion and vision within the local church. In truth, every one of us is probably a mixture, a bit of Elizabeth, a bit of Mary. We might be Elizabeth to some people, we might be a Mary to others. There might be seasons where we need Elizabeths, there might be seasons when we need Marys. And yet, by and large, People will lean in one direction or another. There's the ice cream van. Perfect timing. Let me say this to you, though. If you are an Elizabeth, if you identify with that character, then my call to you, my challenge to you this evening is be available. Be available. Marys need you. Be available. And if you're a Mary, if God has given you a thought or a calling or a word or a passion or drive, my challenge to you is be vulnerable. Go get yourself an Elizabeth and go be vulnerable. And when Elizabeths 
and Mary's come together and the Holy Spirit works through both of them, the effect will be joy going up and faith going down in the sense of going deeper. Faith will deepen, joy will intensify. That's what happens when Mary and Elizabeth come together. Conclusion. Can you see throughout all of this how the Holy Spirit drives this entire situation? How he brings these two women together, how he oversees the situation, how he grants gifts, how he raises up people, how he equips and empowers. It's not our cleverness as a church which achieves this. It's not our ministry philosophy, it's not the books that we have read or the degrees that we hold that ultimately achieve what we see here. It is God the Holy Spirit, it is all of him creating and building the local church. It is like flint and wood coming together, sparking something dry into flame. But can you see throughout this text what the result is? The result, yes, the Holy Spirit does this, he does more, but he ultimately points us to Jesus the Messiah. Blessed are you, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. It's all about Jesus, folks. As your faith deepens, as your joy increases, it's faith in Christ, it's joy in Christ. You don't get faith and joy anywhere else except for Jesus, and that's the work of the Spirit. That's why as a community here at Foundation, we're gospel-centered, spirit-led. And so it's my hope and prayer that as we go forward from 2018 to 2019, that we might grow ourselves this evening, but also going forward in joy and faith as we celebrate and worship Christ Jesus. And nowhere is that more clear and important than at Christmas. Who are we that the Lord should come to us. Amen. We're going to come to a time of, of worship through song in a few moments, um, but I'm going to ask you to stand with me just now, and what we're going to do is just going to spend a few moments reflecting on what the Spirit has been saying through the Scriptures, and then we're going to come to a time of worship. So let's stand together just now. And I, I just want to create a bit of space, I think, following, following this message um, for us to, 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 to privately, personally come before God and respond in any way that he is calling us to respond. Uh, whether you're the Mary and you need to be vulnerable, whether you're the Elizabeth and you need to be available, what way is God calling you to respond? So let's have a few moments of quiet contemplation and then we're going to sing together. And as we sing, uh, we'll come and take the Lord's Supper in a few moments. Let's just have a few moments of quiet.